Hello and welcome to Dairy Pod. I'm John Penry from Dairy Australia. In this episode, Victorian dairy farmers Andrew and Cassandra Kath sit down with Dairy Australia's National People Lead, Mick Fuller, and Murray Dairy Workforce Attraction Project Lead, Melba Tyson, to discuss what it means to build an employment brand. We gain a valuable insight into the Kath's journey as employers, including their vision and values, and how they built their brand as an attractive employer, all of which has set them up for long-term business success. Hi everyone, I'm Mick Fuller, I'm the National People Lead at Dairy Australia, and welcome to our second instalment uh, of our people-related podcast here at Dairy Australia. Um, purpose of these sessions is to talk with farmers who are doing well in the people and employment area out there and share some of the learnings um, that they've got with you, our audience. So we're really fortunate today to be joined by Murray Region Farmers, Cassandra and Andrew Kent, uh, in addition to our workforce attraction lead for the region, Mel Wood. Welcome everyone and thanks a lot for your time. So yep. today's uh, conversation is around farm brand and typically what this means in the employment sense. Uh, what can you do to manage and grow it? And what are perhaps some of the controls that we want to look more at? So guys, when I think of brand, I immediately sort of go to marketing and um, um, what's all this got to do with people? Um, I guess, well, well, we'll find about about this as we as we go through our discussion today. Um, so just to set the scene, uh, and in case anyone out there needed reminding, uh, our workforce challenges remain one of the top things to keep our farmers up at night. Um, uh, and in the Murray region, you know, gaining access to skilled people is also a challenge, which has made it even harder through recent natural disaster events such as floods and bushfires, um, which have impacted the ability of people to actually enter into the region, and importantly, you know, practical factors such as finding accommodation. Um, so if the issue wasn't already hard enough, it's made doubly hard through um, through these events. Uh, so Cassandra and Andrew uh, and Melba, uh, if I could start with you, um, perhaps if you could share just a little bit uh, with our audience uh, what brought you to the Murray region and you know a little bit about your, your farm business, uh, what the makeup of that is. Thanks, Mick. Um, yeah, we are currently share farming at uh, Rochester in Northern Victoria. We've been here about four and a half years um, and we're in a 50-50 share farming agreement where we provide the livestock uh, machinery and all the labour to operate the farm. And uh, most recently uh, on the you know, within our business, we've actually just purchased our own farm that we're going to relocate to in the next three months and finish share farming and go to, uh, yeah, farming in our own right again. Congratulations. Um, and we were talking before, what, what brought you to the Murray region? Yeah, we had, um, we've farmed in a couple of different regions. We've been in um, Queensland, Central West, New South Wales, and yeah, most recently Northern Vic. Um, we relocated here because of the opportunities and um, within the dairy industry and also just where our journey has taken us, expanding our business. So, yeah, we had a small farm in Queensland, sort of milking, you know, 70 to 100 cows, and we have grown our herd and our sort of skills as we have travelled south. So... Yeah, we really think, yeah, Northern Victoria is a great place to farm and we've really loved being part of a dairy community. Yeah, fantastic. And just in terms of scale, how many how many on the on your farm team, how many people do you employ? Yeah, there's um, Andrew and myself full-time as well as about four, the equivalent of four full-time labour units. Yep, very good. Okay. Um, and, and today's uh, discussion is about farm brand and employment brand. So when we think of farm brand, what what words sort of immediately come to mind for you guys? Um, I guess similar to what you said before, when you think brand, you think of someone's logo or, um, yeah, marketing. But 
I think for us, it's about who we are and what our business stands for. So we're very strong on, you know, what's our vision for our business and also yeah, our values and the linkage between our values and the vision for where we want our business to grow. I think that's what our farm brand is. And though, like our values are, you know, integrity, uh, continuous improvement, um, growth and development, things like that. So that's for us is what we feel is the essence of Cathlay Farms. Um, yeah, so when, when I think of in, in the employment sense and there'll be people out there that think, well, you know, employment is employment, you know, uh, our employees are largely covered by, you know, the pastoral award that dictates or determines the pay rates. So, you know, what, what, what room is there to, to actually differentiate um, you know, the experience or the brand between one farm and one, one farm and another if sort of conditions are, are roughly comparable? What, what, what do you think when you hear, you know, something like that? I think there's always something we're looking for that sets us apart from somebody else. And I think, that's where I take that question to, to go deeper with that, to look at the things like integrity that we actually are sticking to what we say to these people that we're going to deliver them to, whether it's the what they're going to get on farm, what their expectations are, that it doesn't change. Mm-hmm. I think that is just being able to stick to that and let people actually understand and feel as though they're heard through that process and actually given that job that they're actually um what they're actually employed for yeah yeah and i think um differentiating ourselves is as we've changed and employed more people there's been like great people that may not have fitted into a traditional you know 10 days on, four days off model or um, that's sort of an example. So we've been able to employ different people over the time that could maybe only work mornings or um, only want to do 28 hours, things like that. We've really tried to accommodate for great people um, but may not fit into traditional models, I suppose, and that's worked really well for us over the time. And as we've... You know, when we were very hands-on, um, yeah, just having that extra pair of hands 15 hours a week actually was very helpful. So that's one thing that we have done. And I think, I guess, differentiating ourselves now too is, um, as I said, we're very strong on our vision, etc. So our employees know that. Like we have our planning meetings, we have a weekly meeting, that type of thing. So they're constantly being, they're constantly invested in the big picture here. So Mm. they understand that, yes, we want to transition from share farming to farm ownership. So they're part of that journey and excited about that. Yeah. But I think adding to that, it's probably sometimes it's the limitations that we can and things we can and can't do in share farming and ownership that it's making them understand actually where some of that lies for us. So the limitations. Yeah, the limitations are clearly explained to them. Yeah. So, so you, you've laid a couple of things just in uh, this sort of immediate discussion now with that, that I hear, and that is around uh, that is around values and having some shared values. And I think Angie, you said you know uh, delivering on on expectation to you know it's, it's this is. This is what you can expect, and then delivering on that on that promise to to the employee. You spoke about vision, and I guess purpose comes in there because we all need a purpose. We need to know what we're actually striving for. Um, and Cassandra, you spoke about uh, flexibility, so not everyone is motivated in the same way. It's about finding what what are those particular motivations on an individual level, and and more sort of tapping into those. Um, Melbourne, if I can ask you, because you obviously got a, a view across the whole region, not just one farm, uh, what 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 do you see um, out there as as real differentiators of uh, employment brand? Um, well, it is quite easily it, um, the most prominent 
item that differentiates um, different farm businesses is the care of the employee themselves, which is exactly what Cassandra and Andrew have been, been talking about. It's a clear communication. Everyone understands where they sit. Um, it's about um, being compliant with um, what you're offering the employee, um, making sure there's policies in place, there's um, procedures should things go pear-shaped. Um, and the employee knows exactly where to find that information. So a lot of this information we can help um, the farm business with, certainly with the People in Dairy website, for example, a load of templates there, um, or even just in uh, reaching out to the uh, regional development program where um, there is someone who looks after the workforce area in each of them. So um, just the assistance is there to be able to um, just be able to see where the changes could happen in the care for the employee. I just wanted to also just look at, we've been, so listening to the cat's story, you've, they've handpicked the region and I feel quite, um, you know, chuffed about the fact you've handpicked our region to, to really settle and put down roots. Um, and with that, I think, uh, is the understanding of the community that you're you're in as well? Um, we know you're in you're employing you're employing locally, and there's a lot of money that um, you're paying your employees that is woven back into the local community. So the support, and this is across all dairy businesses, of course. Um, understanding that dairy farm businesses are the backbone of communities, and given the last years that we've had in this our region. Um, I'd say as businesses, we've taken a fair bit of um, weight lifting, I suppose, of the communities in, in, in that we're looking after. Um, I just, uh, I think also thinking around the, yeah, for me, it's the care of the employee that really is the, it's free, isn't it? So. Uh, to be able to show a little bit more care towards an employee and, you know, know their name, know a little bit about them, know their background and um, see uh, see how you can assist them further with um, their settling into the onboarding of the farm business. Yeah. Very good. Well, we, look, we might might come back to that and ask a little bit about sort of onboarding um, as, uh, as we sort of move through the discussion. But uh, Cassandra and Andrew, if I can just throw back to you, um, you know, you've got a really interesting story. You, you speak about um, farming in Queensland and they share farming here and then um, farm owners sort of outright. Um, when it comes to, you know, the employment brand, is it something that has always just naturally come to you um, or have, have you made some mistakes along the way? Um, I think we've been... made plenty of mistakes in that, in that situation. <laughs> Um, like we've, you know, when we first left Queensland, it was really Cass and I, um, without a clear vision, probably internally, we knew we wanted to grow, but probably not who we were in ourselves. So we had to find that and learn. So that was step one, just to really find out who each other is and who we're actually working with together. And we only employed someone part-time. Um, but then we, when we went to um, Central New South Wales, we actually then were the managers of that farm and looked after the employees. And it was actually quite a scary moment when someone said, now you're going to have to do a total feed budget for this farm and look after these people. So it was something that was forced upon us. But as people say, um, diamonds are forged under pressure. And I think that's one of the things I remember of, you know, it was always within us to be better but we just had to put ourselves out of these comfort zones. And so that was our starting process of learning and just learning how to respect people because there was a guy that I clearly remember on that farm, the people that owned the farm said to me, gee, how do you get this guy to do this? And I said, oh, I just talk to him and care for him and sit down and have a yarn with him. And they've never been able to get that guy to do that. And that really started that journey for me of caring for people and understanding that there is um, some very skilled people underneath the actual picture that they give to you in, in, in as what we see with our eyes. So we have to be very careful of actually branding those people from what we see rather than actually knowing what's within. 
So then the journey continued on that, and then we really had to look and, and grow in ourselves, and that's where Cass and I have really taken on that now is to really look who we are, where we can become better, because I think the, the problems actually sit with us, the owners or the employees, employees. sorry, employers, of why the employees don't get or understand what we're looking for. So I think we have to take that responsibility before we actually blame people. And Cass, I want to um, explain or sort of open up on that a bit more where we've, how we've got to that point. Yeah. And I think, yeah, when we first started, we just might've had a contract milker that came in if we went away or something. So there was never really any clear, you know, job descriptions or anything like that. It was just, oh, thank goodness someone can come and help us. And as we've grown, we didn't, again, have a clear sort of organisational chart or anything like that a couple of years ago. So we were just sort of happy with, oh, that's great. Someone's applied for the job. Oh, they'll do without really, we, because that, as we grew, we were getting busier and more burnt out. We just would take anyone. And then um, as we've grown and got more systemised as well, we know where we, we know where there's gaps in the business that Andrew and I can't cover. So being more specific on what we want out of someone, um, that's really helped us. And yeah, we've grown and developed our job descriptions and our employment processes, all those things are now quite automated and our rosters, things like that. So yeah, it has been a process that we have learnt the technical side as well. And we're always working on ourselves. How do we get the most out of our team and also get help them develop as people as well? It's, it's refreshing to hear that, um, you know, it doesn't all sit with the employee, that uh, the first and foremost it's about what you say is, you know, it's about sort of looking within, you know, what, what, what we got right or wrong with regards to, you know, getting the best out of that person. So, yeah, you, you talk about your journey from Queensland through New South Wales into Northern Victoria. If you were to, you know, give some advice to, you know, people listening to this today, what, what would be the must-haves in your mind from an employment brand point of view? What, what are the things that we must absolutely get right in order to have, you know, a strong employment brand? Because to take Melba's point, you're not just a farm in isolation, you're part of a community and it's a very interconnected community um, whereby there's mutual reliance and so... I guess a good brand travels as fast as a bad brand um, from an employment perspective. So with, with your, your, your years of experience, what, what, are the, what are the absolute must-haves do you think that you need a business needs to have in place? I think it comes back to knowing your business first. So who are we? Like, you know, we are share farmers milking 500 cows and we know we want to grow to farm ownership. So that's number one knowing ourselves first and knowing our, like we said, knowing our values, what's important to us and how we want to operate our business. And yeah, that link between the vision, who we are and how we operate, that transmits to every interaction that we do. So whether it's, you know, who we buy our fertilizer off or who we get our uniforms from, um, the milk company that we supply, that's all that really big picture. And I think that's the number one start point because, yeah, that sets the scene for this is Catholic Farms and this is how we operate. So I think, yeah, that's number one. And also being very clear on what sort of person or what are the roles in the business and in which ones that you are trying to fill. So... Um, when someone is applying for a job, you are very clear on what skills you need and what you'd like them to do. And at that, that's just that first base point. Um, and then I think also the next thing is if you have an employment offer for somebody, making sure that when they arrive on farm, what you have said that you are going to provide as an employer that is very close or you're doing the best job to do that, that you're, the the biggest problems tend to be when the, there's a major gap between expectation and reality. So we 
often, even with a new backpacker that are arrived, I have checked in. What I said I we were going to deliver, has this met your expectations? Because then I've got an opportunity to learn if I have not quite delivered that. And the sponsored employees, the same thing. Has this met your expectations? So, yeah. Yeah, constantly checking in on that sort of thing, I think, is important. Well, that, that, that's a really good question to ask an employee. When, when do you ask that? Do you ask that on day one, on week one, month one, or, or when? Well, I think I think it's a constant review all the time, whether it be Cass might just, you know, these backpackers or the uh, overseas employment guys is, have you got your bank account? Did you receive your first pay? Do you know where the, where the shop is? But then we actually let that come about also in our weekly meetings that we have every Monday is we have a chance at the start of the meeting of what went well for the week or what they would like to talk about. Um, so there's opportunity for that engagement to come at any time. But there is a lot of times every week that people we can check in on those people as well. Mm. And it's a free and safe space that we try to create so people can come with their concerns. Mm. But so you, you make an interesting sort of point there with the international employees and things like uh, bank accounts. You know, someone listening out there might say, well, that's not my business. That's something they need to look after. What, 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 do, you, what, what do you take some responsibility for that? I think why do we take that responsibility? Because I think it's just um, something that we've been able to... Um, divide ourselves, meaning Cass and I, to go, I'm more of the farm person, Cass is more the HR person, but that actually then allows Cass to focus on these people that are really important to our business. So if these people don't feel comfortable, their pay's gone in and things like that, that's when I think the ground or or the base of the pyramid actually starts to become unstable. So if we can really concrete that in, it actually allows for the rest of the four months or the next four years to actually be quite firm. And it's so, you know, people always want money, but just to understand that their money's in there and they've got the right account, it's actually, as you said before, Mike, I think it's free. It doesn't take any time just to check in and make sure that the money has hit that account. Because mm-hmm. we have had a one-off, one this, um, situation where we put money in someone's account, it was the wrong number and it went Haywood. And, you know, this person got didn't get paid. We had to redo it. But, you know, it's just that next share of care and more, as we would say. And I think it's um, it's a massive commitment for these people to uproot from their lives and their home country to come and work for us. And often it's over a 15-minute Zoom meeting that you do the initial interview and they don't know anything about you. So really to pick them up from the airport and spend some time helping them transition to Australia has proven to us to be so successful. And, you know, it's the little things like, oh, here's some shopping bags because you don't have, because we have to buy them in Australia. Things like that that catch people unawares and make them feel a bit oh, shocked. So, yeah, look, little things or Telstra, like we always know how annoying Telstra is. So to go, right, let's make an appointment, we're organised. Yeah, for us has been really valuable and we've, built so much trust with our yeah and it's been quite immediate and um yeah and I know with Australian work or team members we haven't had to do so much of that but we do really try and support them in other ways and and listening to you say that you know I think once it's not your responsibility the payoff for you as you say Andrew is building that foundation plus it's hard to con- for an employee, I imagine, to concentrate on work if they're thinking, hey, I don't know where my pay is going or, um, you know, I don't have a phone to connect with, with home. And by helping them resolve those problems, that then gives them a chance to sort of read into and lean into, you know, the job that they're actually employed to do. So you, you would probably see, you know, a greater performance earlier with regards to, you know, employees who are better settled. Oh, yeah, go on in. Sorry. Oh, definitely. Like, if they can come and spend the first week settling in and Cass really helping them out with that side of it, and we can make them feel welcome, you know, 
the next week after that, they're actually engaged and they want to work. They're confident that their, you know, home's right. They made, like you said, made connection with home. They actually feel what's in themselves. They're secure and cared for within that environment rather than just, oh, that is the point of difference and the branding that you're making within yourself and within your business. I think that's the big difference of what you can do to show per that person a bit of care and love in the yeah. future. Yeah, and look, I think that's a that's a really important point. Um, Mel, if I can uh, throw to you, so again, you, you get a good look at the region. I guess you get to see things that go really well out there, but also things that, that don't. From, from your perspective, you know, you spoke a little bit earlier about care for an employee, and I, I hear that coming through the conversation um, from everyone. Um, but if you were to be a little bit more specific with regards to, you know, perhaps some of the some of the really sort of key points that you think farmers need to get right, and maybe some of the mistakes that that farmers make, maybe not consciously because no one goes out of their way to be uncaring, I don't think, but uh, but maybe some of the pitfalls that um, uh, you know farmers find themselves in. Yeah, look, it's it's hard to top the advice that Cassandra and Andrew have just given in re in regard to the care. And it really is about that cliche of putting yourself in someone else's shoes mm. and understanding what it really would be like, exactly what Cassandra was saying, in regard to leaving everything you've known somewhere else and, and, and um, landing uh, in Australia, for example, in, in that example. Um, look... Uh, it, it, for me, it, what I see is the the greater the care at this onboarding stage, and then continually um, checking in, and depending who the person is and where perhaps they've come from, um, where um, your involvement with the employee would be could be quite different. But it is those cases, those situations that seem to really flourish and really work quite well, and have longevity with the employment. Um, situation on the farm certainly we see uh look we see we see churn with the farm hand person coming in at any at any business i suppose when you're looking at who that perhaps might be the entry-level farm hand person would be perhaps in that younger 20s age group so they're people that you know i'm sure you recall yourself mick you know you're not you're not settled in one stream at that age your, your your life experience is to be gained so there's a natural churn for that group so um to be expected that they may move on um but you know what we want is um perhaps skill we'll skill them up a little bit more and hopefully they'll stay in the industry with um with our blessing i suppose um I think also there are a couple of other factors that don't just pertain to the um, the care of the employee. Certainly, things like the isolation, for for example. So, if perhaps you've come from a particular community and uh, uh, the sole person from that community on a farm with no links to other community, that might be pretty difficult. So, um, those sort of factors are also uh, tricky to for someone to navigate. Yeah, yeah, and and you spoke a little bit earlier about um, the, the I guess the word that comes to mind is structure, and I think Andrew, you, you spoke about, and Cassandra, you spoke about sort of structure too in terms of a really getting a very close fit to the needs of your business and the skills of that person. And when I think of you know someone saying that, I think everyone wants to enter a job to be successful, and I guess by getting that fit right, you're better ensuring that. But, but Melbourne, if I could just ask you with regards to structure, because uh, there, there must be a balance there. If, if you overstructure something, you'll sort of hemmed in. Um, but I guess the opposite is true as well. How, how, how hard is it to get that balance right? Once back down to the communication, which is exactly what um, Andrew and Cassandra were talking about in, in making sure your staff know what your plans are, for example, and then how they fit into those plans. Um, and also we're dealing with people. So um, look, for some people, they just want to work. They just want a job and that's great. And some people really want a career and really aspire for, uh, you know, um, looking much further into the future. 
So I think it's about understanding um, who you've got, who you've got in front of you, and how can you best help and um, well, not uh, you know, within your business, of course, how how they can fit into your business, and is there room to move within your own business for that person, um, and, and maybe maybe at a later status you you need to let them go and move on to their next big thing, and then you're making room for more to come into your business as well. So I think I mentioned in the introduction that uh, you know the Murray and the Rochester area has had its uh, more than its share of disasters, um, like bushfires and, and floods uh, in particular sort of come to mind and, you know, as you travel through the town, you can still see um, the uh, the devastating impact that uh, particularly those floods have had. So given that accommodation is, is pretty fundamental to someone being able to work on your farm, how do you, how do you manage that? How do you give people options? How do you um, help them with that sort of basic need um yeah like i said we um did have um some accommodation organized for staff and that place was flooded and we couldn't utilize it so um yeah again i guess it came back to communication with that particular employee we found some alternatives which was the caravan in our backyard which was very close quarters for that person but again because we had communicated that there was going to be a change in situation. They were very happy and accepting of that. And since then, um, we were able to secure some rent, a rental house. And um, although I didn't have um, my other sponsored employees here yet, we really chose to prioritise that as an investment um, because we could provide that at a later date. And since then, we have been able to attract um, another um, second backpacker, et cetera, because we've got that housing. So it feels like a little bit of cash flow pressure initially. However, yeah, we're really fortunate for that um, that housing to come up. And I think as employees with larger teams, you've really got to be on the lookout for it and secure it when it does come available. And um, we're fortunate enough now that the farm that we've purchased, um, there was some temporary sort of, um, container accommodation due to the floods there and we've been able to secure that and continue with that on the farm so we can have someone else on farm as well so yeah and it is part of a package for our employees it is subsidized um, but we're very clear that um, they are paying a subsidized rate and it is an additional benefit of working for us that's maybe not monetary to them but yeah yeah, so the, these the, these have been uh, containers. I think I've read something that these have been containers that have been uh, converted to to actual temporary accommodation, and you know, um, uh, were uh, were government assisted. In, I think in in helping sort of uh, Rochester and the region sort of getting through what they they've needed to. Yeah, yeah and it's also, also it's a good standard, as in I think that's you know really important that. You know, we were able to furnish it with some secondhand furniture, but it was still really good standard. So when they came and arrived, they were like, oh, this is really good. I'm really happy to live here. Like as we said about helping them with their bank accounts and their phones, you know, they there's, there's that initial, oh, our employees have gone over and above to provide us with something, and that's just such an immediate feel-good thing. Yes. Yeah. I was just going to add to that, Mick, as well. You talk about branding and who we are and who the business is. Being a part of a community as well actually let people know what we were looking for and people were actually happy to talk with us of what they had available. And we were very fortunate in us to be able to get that house quite quickly, even though the town of Rochester had been flooded because people understood who we were and how we actually presented ourselves as well as a as a brand. So having that integrity within the, the community actually led for this to open up to us as well. Yeah, yeah, really good point. Really good point, Andrew. So it's not just showing integrity on the farm, it's integrity in sort of everything you do. And if you straighten up front, um, people were 
they will take to that. Yeah. We we haven't spoken about leadership style sort of directly, um, but and and Melbourne asked you with regards to what you see across across you know all your farms, mm. but uh, uh, Cassandra and Andrew, ha- and it is a leading question, of course. But how important is is the leadership and your leadership style in all this? And what leadership style have you adopted that you think is most successful in in really uh, keeping your employees engaged and, and happy? Good question. Um, something that we've had to work on between the two of us to really make underst- and make people understand who their leader is and who their boss is. And I think it's about us, again, coming back to clarity of who is the boss and who is the employer, sorry, employee. And Cass and I have, again, I work with the team closely, but Cassie's probably the HR person. So it's actually knowing who to go to for the right things. So I think I can let Cassie uh, Bobby expand on that, but that for me is had something that has made our journey with people so much clearer of where people actually go to find this information instead of thinking and thinking they just report to one person that knows everything they don't. It's actually very segregated for us. Would you know that case? Yeah, there's sort of. If it's animal related or related to their pays, they understand that that's they come to me for that. If it's farming or repairs and maintenance or feeding, okay, they go to Andrew for that. Um, as an example, and um, and I think we have um tried to explain to our people. We've recently done sort of our disc profiles, which is an insight into how we work as leaders, but we've also done that for our team. So we understand a little bit more that, you know, I'm more of a direct task orientated sort of person. So if you come to me, I'm going to give you a clear instruction. I don't want a lengthy conversation. Whereas, you know, Andrew's more of that sort of leadership, um, people orientated person. So we know we balance each other out well, but we also understand how our team members work a little bit more. So we know how to work with them and get the best out of them. So that's something that we'll put in place um, for anyone that's going to be more full-time or permanent. Yeah. It's probably something we try to understand early in the piece so then we know how to actually interact with these people because I think we as humans assume that somebody else knows what we say and know what we mean, but... I don't, sometimes we don't. It's actually the way that we say it and the way that they actually um, grasp that information. So if we could just understand these people 1% better or 5% better, that means their job and their day is going to just roll a lot easier and the questions that they come to ask us is less. So then they're going to be more productive all the time, which then I think makes everyone so much more happy within the team. And I think it, the other thing is that it helps us identify people's like we are quite clear at the moment we don't probably have someone that is going to be a natural leader in our business so we're identifying a a gap it's maybe not skill based but it's personality based so yeah we're not trying to make someone a leader who isn't ever really going to be naturally inclined to do so And and Melbourne, you know, with, with regards to leadership development, uh, you know, more broadly, mm-hmm. what what uh, what is there Australia able to offer with regards to that? It, it certainly with uh, lead, with leadership programs, you can actually pick up your leadership skills in a number of ways, and it could be as simple as coaching the local football team. Actually, you know, I didn't mean seniors; I would just you know, you can start right at the. Uh, the juniors and work your way through and develop your leadership pro- leadership skills. But um, Dairy Australia certainly has um, a program called Farming with My Team. So that's about, it is about the on-farm leadership, understanding the styles and exactly what Andrew was talking about in um, one component of it was understanding who you are and your personality and how you interact with the other people around you. 
and that just cuts uh, cuts out a number of problems um, in regard to that communication style. So perhaps um, you know, Kat said, I like I like a, you know a shorter conversation and just straight with the facts. Um, but perhaps um, if, if I start to do a bit more Cass, you might just um, <laughs> I don't know, hang up on me maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a bit of sign language there. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, certainly. And there's certainly the community leadership programs as well. So the, there is a plethora of pl um, places you can pick up these skills. Uh, Dairy Australia certainly has a very solid one with the farming with my team. But um, if you wanted to be more involved with community, you can grab those skills there too. Melbourne, I think it's interesting. Although we might learn about our employers, I think sometimes even if husbands and wife go through these things, they can actually learn about each other, how they can work better for the benefit of their business as well. Although it's sometimes um, confronting, it's actually quite rewarding in yourselves how much better your business can run when you actually understand each other as well. And then that reflects and flows onto your team members yeah. if we're both on that same wavelength. Absolutely. Yeah. I really like your proactive approach and you continual search for the gap in what you what you have for yourself so that mm. personal development uh, to meet those to meet that you know to fulfill that yeah that's excellent yeah. and so, i think and, and, sorry adding to the what Cass, Cass is saying being very specific in our roles allows Cass and i to develop stronger in the areas that we need to in our business rather than one of us trying to understand everything. Mm -hmm. So it actually allows our business to grow twice as fast than it does if I'm trying to understand everything or be all over HR. And it actually allows that role to come back to our business tenfold, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you you mentioned that, that, you know, I think, Cassandra, you said if someone has this sort of issue, they come to me for this, and if they have these sorts of issues, they come to Andrew, and it's an acknowledgement that, I think that no one can know everything, um, but but a, a leadership team, um, you know, collectively can know a lot more and a lot more things deeper by by specialising in in those areas. Um, so yeah, that, that that was that was really interesting. Um, uh, when you think of you know today's job and career seeker, and you know. What are they looking for in their work and their employer? Um, a question to each of you and, and to Melba as well. What, what, what are the, what's, what's the, what are the top things that you think, you know, prospective employees are looking for? I think they they want to feel like the younger generation now want to be part of something bigger. It's not just I want the money or I just want to milk the cows or. I love animals. I think it's that am I part of something that is providing me with potential learning opportunities? You know, am I part of a business that is doing all the right things socially and environment with our animals, all that sort of thing? So for for some people wanting a career, I think they really want to be part of something bit bigger than just the pay rate. Well, that social responsibility is becoming uh, more important to to lots of people. So yeah, and they they want to be part of a story, which I think we've really tried to, hard to engage ours with as well. Um, for me, it's probably understanding who the person is and what they actually want out of it, like getting to know them personally, because there is the person who does just want the job. And the timing is important for them. Like if they start at five and we say we finish at nine, that's what those people like to do. So it's actually for me really understanding what they want out of this job and who they are as a person. I think that's my biggest takeaway out of it because there is so many different people out there that there is a place for them on our farms, but it's just finding out where they sit and who them, what their strengths are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so not everyone is is seeking a long term career. Some of it is a means to an end. Um, right. But, but your your sense of care in knowing that a person who just wants the money, 
what's important to them is, hey, I, I want to get in here and I need to be gone by here because maybe I'm going to another job or, or something like that. And so it's understanding that motivators. And as an employer, showing that air and respect to that's what drives his person. So let's let's be conscious of that. Yeah. Melbourne, you, you speak yeah, for lot, lots and lots of um, uh, job seekers out there. Yeah, I do. And I was just thinking, um, Andrew, you reminded me that certainly there's a, a couple of other motive, there's different motivators for people to choose um, working in dairy. And as simple as liking animals, for example, or um, yeah, often when I'm speaking to students, I ask you, what are you going to do? And they'll say, look, I've got no idea. And so I start with, do you want to work outside or inside? Because we can offer both of those career choices for you. Um, and so just so, it, it, just following on with what Andrew you were saying is understanding understanding what somebody, what drives somebody. I, um, so I want to work outside and I really like animals. Well, I think um, perhaps start with um, working with calves. That would be an awesome um, place to begin, wouldn't it? And, and, of course, you'd get the hook, line and sinker, wouldn't you? If you had um, some young um, school leavers in, in that area. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, Elvie, you say that there. We have a Japanese guy that's working with us at the moment and he picks up the brown Swiss calves and he smells them and he goes, oh, I love the smell of brown Swiss calves. But you go, why does this person do this? But I don't care. But he goes and collects all these calves and they're heavy. It doesn't matter. He picks them up with love and throws them in the trailer and or places them in the trailer and away we go. And it's exciting to see that joy that it just brings to that guy every day in calving season to pick those calves up. So you're right, 100%. Yeah. And what happens when they're a little bit bigger than calves? Well, he's still still in love with them and pats them and, you know. <laughs> yeah, so they're expecting to be lifted. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lovely story. Yeah, no, no, fantastic, fantastic. Um, we're just about out of time today, Joyce. I really enjoyed the the conversation. But I, I guess in leaving, yeah, our audience with some key pieces of advice. If you had to say two or three things that you would want people to sort of walk away with and really reflect on regarding employment brand and growing it and protecting it and everything, what 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 would it be if if you had if you had a minute with someone and you had to give them your collective wisdom in that minute regarding employment brand, what what would come to mind? For me, straight up, it's about just take the time to know who they are. Give them the time of the day. You know, look them in the eye and just give them that couple of minutes that someone else mightn't give them for the day. And I think that, for me, that goes a long way. Yeah. So an investment in them as a person, not just as a labour unit, and, uh, and getting to know them on a, on a something about them as a person rather than just as a worker. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think for me, it's about maybe looking at yourself and your business. Who who are you? What is your business? What's your business model? And what can you offer offer someone? And again, yeah, before you go and put an ad on Facebook, just have a think about, you know, what does this picture look like for someone else that is coming to your farm and coming to work for you and being very clear about that because I think that really can help streamline the process and, um, yeah, really propel that engagement because people know know who they are coming to. Mm. So being honest and being... And being realistic about what it is and perhaps what it isn't. And if and especially if you're new to employing people, be very open and honest. Like I have said before, oh, we are trialing a new roster system. I don't know about it. We're all learning together. Or, you know, I'm new to this. I'm getting better at my systems for the milking machines, for example. So I think we've been very fortunate that people have come along with us as we're learning as well. So that's, I'm just going to throw in, I think for me, just make sure make sure that you're the way you're employing someone is legal and you're uh, compliant. Um, we've got, a, I'm going to throw in a, a bit of a plug now. So we've certainly got 
Um, Employment Basics is an online course that Dairy Australia offers. We've got the Employment Starter Kit, which is a hardcover folder that we can order and have sent out to you. So you um, absolutely uh, understand what you've what you've got to tick and cross for employing somebody. And then again, I mentioned earlier the um, People in Dairy website. Um, loads of templates there. And if you're having any trouble, um, just call out to the um, local um, regional development program. So for me, it's Murray Dairy, so the one in your region. Um, so I, and going way back to what Cassandra and Andrew were talking about is getting the fundamentals right, the um, the comfort, the shelter, the um, understanding where I'm, where am I, and um, am I safe? I suppose all those things, and then and then um, uh, then certainly someone can flourish in a role on farm. And yeah, well, that, that, that's great, Melbourne. And you know, there is a uh, yes, yeah, wide range of resources available um, either online um, uh, through email or, or in person. I guess you know to finish on that. Um, Sandra and Andrew, you you uh, really enjoyed talking to you just now. Um, you're the sort of farm that I would like to work uh, with, I think. Um, uh, but uh, you know, for anyone listening out there, we understand it's not easy, and you don't have to go it alone. Um, there and there's uh, you know, there's support there for you uh, within your region um, through the likes of, of Melbourne and um, and the Murray Dairy team. Um, to to really help you along the way. So I think in closing, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. To find out more about how Dairy Australia is supporting farmers with employing and managing people and to access employment resources, please visit the People, Skills and Capabilities section of the Dairy Australia website. We have also placed this and other related links in the episode notes. We hope that you have enjoyed this Pot episode. If you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can get in contact with us by emailing dairypod at dairyaustralia.com.au. Thanks very much for listening and bye for now.